Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alamin Wassalatu wassalamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursalin Nabiyina Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in Amma ba'd Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Alhamdulillah Thumma alhamdulillah We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we send peace and blessings upon our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us and to grant us beneficial knowledge. Ameen ya rabbal alameen. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said in a hadith, Buniya al-Islamu ala khams, shahadati an la ilaha illa Allah, wa anna muhammadan rasulullah, wa iqami salah, wa ita'i zakah, وَصَوْمِ رَمَضَانِ وَحَجِّ الْبَيْتِ The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in this hadith that Islam has been built upon five pillars. Islam has been built upon five. To testify that there is none worthy of worship except Allah and to testify that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his messenger. To establish salah, to pay zakah, to fast Ramadan and to perform Hajj. And this hadith, of course, forms the basis of Al Islam. For what is Al Islam? This is Islam. Islam is based upon these five pillars. These are the main foundations of this religion that the religion is built upon. And the main and most important rukun or pillar of Al Islam is the first pillar. Is the pillar of belief, is the pillar of faith, is the two testimonies of faith, the two shahadas. Number one being, La ilaha illallah, that there is none worthy of worship except Allah, and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his messenger, meaning his final messenger and his slave. The second most important pillar after the shahada, or the two shahadas, the shahadatayn, is as salah in fact, in another hadith, the Prophet wasallam said that salah is the pillar of the religion. It is the pillar of the religion. Which means that after our belief, there is nothing more important. There is nothing that has a greater status in this religion than our salah. Than the five daily prayers. As-salawatul khams. The five daily prayers. And there are many evidences that the Quran and Sunnah also mentions that proves this point, that emphasizes this point for the importance of this pillar of Al Islam, that proves and emphasizes the importance of this obligation. There is no greater obligation than this. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a hadith in Sahih Muslim, Bukhari and Muslim, he said, يَتَعَاقَبُونَ فِيكُمْ مَلَائِكَةٌ بِاللَّيْلِ وَمَلَائِكَةٌ بِالنَّهَارِ He said, angels, the malaika, they come to you in succession, by night and day. وَيَجْتَمِعُونَ فِي صَلَاةِ الْفَجْرِ وَصَلَاةِ الْعَصْرِ And they meet, these malaika, they meet, at Fajr prayer and Asr prayer. 
They meet twice a day. At the waqt of Fajr and the waqt of Asr. Then those who spent the night among you, they ascend. Then Allah asks them. And yet Allah knows better than them. Allah is more knowledgeable than them. How did you leave my slaves? In what condition did you leave my slaves? These malaika, they say, we left them whilst they were praying. Yusallun, while they were making salah. And we came to them when they were praying. Subhanallah. And these are the true slaves of Allah. These malaika are speaking about the true worshippers of Allah. Describing the Muslims. Describing the believers to their Rabb who knows better than them. I left them in the morning whilst they were praying Salatul Fajr. And we came back to them in the evening and we found them praying Salatul Asr. And this is how they are mentioned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this only applies to the believers, those who uphold the Salah. In another hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Inna awwalu ma yuhasu bibihi al-abd yawm al-qiyama min amalihi as-salah. That the first thing that a person or the slave will be asked about on the day of qiyamah will be the salah. The first question that will be, he will be questioned about every slave when he stands in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his reckoning is being done. His account is being brought forward. The first question the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says will be about the salah. فَإِن صَلَحَتْ فَقَدْ أَفْلَحَ وَنَجَا If the salah was sound, if his salah was in a good state, then this person will be saved and be successful. If the condition of his salah in the dunya was good, then he will be saved and he will be successful. وَإِنْ فَسَدَتْ فَقَدْ خَابَ وَخَسْرِ And if it was not good, if it was not sound, if the salah was not upheld, if the salah was not preserved, if the salah was not up to scratch, فَقَدْ خَابَ وَخَسْرِ He will be unfortunate and he will be lost. He will be miserable for this. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. And this is, this hadith alone, this one hadith alone, if we reflect over it, is enough for us to understand the great status of our salah. That our success on the day of qiyamah is dependent on the salah. Our success on the day of qiyamah in the akhirah, to achieve jannah, to be saved from jahannam, and the punishments of Jahannam is dependent on the status of our salah. This hadith is sufficient to strike fear into the heart of the believer. To wake him up from his ghafla, his negligence, and to bring him back to the salah. The Prophet ﷺ then said, 
فإن انتقص من فريضته شيء قال الرب عز وجل انظروا هل لعبد من تطوع فيكمل بها من تقص من الفريضة سبحان الله Now look at the mercy of Allah Look at the kindness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Is there any person in this dunya who can claim his salah is perfect? Is there any person in this world that can say My salah is the way it's supposed to be I pray the way I'm supposed to pray I pray as if I'm seeing Allah And if I can't see Allah I pray as if I can feel Allah is seeing me. This is Ihsan. This is the highest level. Who from amongst us prays like this? Can you imagine that you are praying in front of Allah? As if you are seeing Allah? How would you then not pray? How would you then not focus? How would you then not prolong the salah? Beautify the salah? But the reality is when we pray, we pray with very little ihsan, if no ihsan at all. Ihsan means to strive for perfection. As if you're seeing Allah. كَأَنَّكَ تَرَاهُ فَإِن لَمْ تَكُنْ تَرَاهُ فَإِنَّهُ يَرَاهُ If you're not at that level, at least know that your Rabb, He sees you. At least know Allah is watching me as I'm standing in front of Him. As I'm worshipping Him with the best of ibadah. As-salah. So our salah is not up to scratch. This is, I think we can all agree on this. And every single one of us, we need to improve on our salah. If it's not on time, we need to get it on time. And then the status of the salah. What is the khushu' like? Where is the concentration? What are we thinking about? Do we understand what we are reciting in the prayer? And so forth and so forth. Are we praying according to the sunnah? The way the Prophet ﷺ prayed salah. Did we study the fiqh of salah to learn how did the Prophet pray? There's so much details that we need to learn so that we can better our prayer. So Allah Azzawajal on the day of Qiyamah, He will say, after seeing the state, the salah is not, is, is not up to scratch. What's Allah going to do with us? Is He going to destroy all of us? This is the mercy of Allah. Allah says, If any deficiency is found in the salah, meaning in His faridah, in the fard prayers, look at the fard, where are the deficiencies? Allah says, Check, did my slave perform any voluntary prayers? Any sunnah prayers? which can then make up for the deficiencies. Which can then make up for the deficiencies. And this shows us the status of the sunnah prayers. And the importance of praying nawafil salah. Voluntary prayers. That which is not a fard, but you pray for the sake of Allah. One of its benefits and virtues is that it will come on the day of Qiyamah and it will make up for the shortcomings of our fard salah. So imagine this is the fard and it's full of holes. It's full of shortcomings. Allah will say, take all the sunnahs and fill up the holes. Fill up the, wipe out the shortcomings. And if there's lots of sunnah, inshallah, 
Our salah will be in a good state. And then we will be successful. And we'll be saved. So upon us is what? Firstly, uphold the fard. From this hadith, what do we learn? Protect your salah. Make salah the most important thing in your life. It's more important than your food and drink. It's more important than your child, than your parents. It's more important than your work and your rizq and your income. It's more important than your time. In fact, it will only put barakah in your time. It will only put barakah in your income. It will only put barakah in your life in general. If you give salah its haqq, it will never ever bring burden upon you. It will never ever bring harm into your life. It will only bring goodness into your life. As-salatu khayrun min al-nawm. This is why the Mu'addin, he calls out in the morning every day, Salah is better than sleep. As much as we need our sleep, as much as we love our sleep, Salah is more important. Salah is better than that sleep. Salah comes first and foremost in the life of the Muslim. Because that Muslim will know from this hadith, the first thing I'm going to be asked about in front of Allah will be my Salah. If it's good, I will succeed and I will be saved from Jahannam. I will be saved from the punishments of the year after. But if it's not good, فَقَدْ خَابَ وَخَسِرُ Then I will lose, and I will be miserable, and I will face the punishments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The importance of the fard. And then we learn the importance of the sunnah, which is, there's going to be gaps. It's inevitable that there's gaps in the perfection of our salah. How do we patch it up? Allah is going to say, look to the tatawu'. Tatawu' means the voluntary prayers. The sunnah prayers. Take from that and patch up the fard salah. And like this we will be successful bi ta'ala. So that we uphold the fara'id number one. And secondly we uphold the various sunnah salahs. And there's so many different types of voluntary prayers. You enter the masjid, got tahiyatul masjid. Before certain salahs, after certain salahs. We have, you know, legislated prayers to pray. We have Salatul Duha, we have Salatul Witr, we have Qiyamul Layl, and we have any just general voluntary prayers. You pray two raka'at for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ayyuhal Ahibba, from the evidences for the importance of Salah, is that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he mentioned that the difference between a mu'min a believer and a kafir is salah one of the main differences between the believers and the non-believers is salah such that he said وَلَيْسَ بَيْنَ الرَّجُلْ وَالْكُفْرُ وَالشِّرْكِ that there's no difference between a person and disbelief and shirk except that he leaves off the salah except that he abandons salah there's no share in al-islam for the one who abandons salah there's no share in al-islam 
for the person who abandons Islam, for the person who abandons the salah. So what we learn from this hadith is to abandon prayer is an act of disbelief. To abandon salah is an act of kufr. Such that it takes a person out the fold of Islam. And the scholars differed. Some said to miss one salah purposefully. One salah purposefully is kufr. One salah purposefully is kufr. And this was stated by Sheikh bin Baz, rahimahullah, Sheikh Salih Fawzan, hafizahullah, big mashaykh, have said to miss one prayer is kufr. Purposefully, with no valid excuse, this is disbelief. And other scholars said, this ahadith, they mean the person who abandons salah entirely. Yani they don't make salah at all. Not the person who misses a salah here and there. They make salah now and then. Certain salahs. And inshallah, this is the correct view. That it applies to people who don't pray at all. But know that there are big scholars who believe that it even applies to one prayer. And this is the severity of missing salah. It's not something minor. It's not equivalent to any other thing. Because the Sahaba, radiyallahu anhum, they had an agreement amongst each other. There was no khilaf between them. They agreed with one another that whoever does not make salah is not a Muslim. Whoever doesn't make salah at all cannot claim to be a Muslim. Even if he says, la ilaha illallah. Even if he goes for hajj. But he doesn't pray. But he fasts Ramadan. But he doesn't pray. The, this person's worship is null and void. It's not accepted. In the eyes of the Sharia. And this is the view of the scholars of Islam. And if you look at what the Aima of the Madahib said, you will be shocked. Some of them said he should be imprisoned. Until he starts to make salah, he should never come out of jail. Some said he must be imprisoned, then ordered to make tawbah. If he doesn't make tawbah, he must be killed. He must be killed. Like Imam Shafi'i rahimahullah, this was his view. And others, like Imam Ahmad said, he must be killed. Riddatan, because this person is murtad. He's murtad, he must be killed. This, ayyuhal muslimun, is the views of the scholars of Ahl Sunnah because of these ahadith that we mentioned. That between a Muslim and Kufr is the, is the abandonment of Salah. Is the abandonment of Salah. And this shows us the importance of this act of worship. It is the greatest obligation in this religion after our belief. It is the greatest obligation in this religion after our belief is to uphold the five daily prayers. We hear this call, Alhamdulillah, in our country. We hear it loud over the loudspeakers. Five times a day, come to the prayer 
come to the success. This is your success. The success that you are looking for, it's here in the prayer. It's in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no success without salah. Fit dunya wal akhirah. In this world, there will be no success. And in the year after, there will be no success without the salah. If you are looking for happiness, if you are looking for peace, tranquility and contentment, it's going to come in the salah. It's when we pray the way we're supposed to pray that we will find that peace and contentment. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in a hadith, وَجُعِلَتْ قُرَّةُ عَيْنِي فِي الصَّلَةِ He said, the coolness of my eyes was placed in salah. The happiest moments that he found in this dunya was when he stood in front of his Rabb. Because he prayed the way he's supposed to pray. Salah was an ibadah for him, not an adah for him. And this statement is a powerful statement. Salah was what? An ibadah for him. It was an act of great worship for him. Not an adah. What does that mean? It wasn't a custom. It wasn't part, you know, something that we do during the day. It's an adah, something that we do. Part of our day, we get dressed. You eat, you shower, you go sleep. Part of your day, you make salah. Right? It's an adah. It's something that's part of your norm. It's part of your routine. Salah is not an adah. Yes, it's part of our routine in one way. But it shouldn't just be, you know, something that we do to get it over with. Like we say, You know, pray quickly. I'll be back now. I'm going to make salah quickly. Salah is an ibadah. It's an act of worship, meaning it, it de deserves special time. It deserves special concentration. When you sit for work, you give it your full focus. You sit down, you, you give it your attention. And you execute. Because it's not an adder. Your boss is not going to accept, you know, secondary rate work. He wants what he wants. He expects a certain standard. Your client expects a certain standard. It's, you can't bring him adatan. You know, things that you just did by the way. The Prophet wasallam and the Sahaba were like this. Their worries, their distress, their difficulties in the dunya was placed, was put aside when they stood on the musalla. Because it was an ibadah for them. It was not an adah for them. And this is, a, this is a, something that requires contemplation. Contemplate over the statement. The difference between ibadah, giving it its haq, and just an adah. We just do it to get it over with. I've made salah, I'm done. I've prayed, I've fulfilled my wajib, that's it. But all of the other benefits of, of salah we then lose. We don't gain from it. Tanha anil wal munkar. The Quran says that salah will prevent you from sin. To prevent you, it will stop you from sinning. It will stop you from immorality. It will stop you from munkarat, bad deeds. How many times we pray and we go sin? We pray and we go back to bad habits. And this is just a sign that we need to introspect over the status of our salah. Is my salah efficient? Is it supposed to be where it's supposed to be? We all need to work on this. We all need to work on this. If we are not praying, start praying. 
These ahadith that we mentioned are there to instill fear. Because this religion is one of hope and fear. We give good news and we give bad news. We give warnings. The prophets were sent as mubashirin wa mundirin. They were sent as bringers of good news, glad tidings, and as people of warners. They were people who came to warn their people. So we have to warn each other. We have to give good news. If you uphold your salah, فَقَدْ أَفْلَحَ وَنَجَى You'll be successful and you'll be saved. But if you don't, خَابَ وَخَسِرَ You're going to lose and you're going to end up in the worst of states. So let us all take heed بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to rectify our affairs. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who establish the salah. And this is a dua we must make. This is a dua we must make for ourselves and our family. Who made this dua? Ibrahim alayhi salam. Khalilullah. The best of the best. The close friend of Allah. The Prophet Ibrahim. He made a dua and he said, Rabbi ja'alni muqima salah wa min dhurriyati rabbana wa taqabbal dua. This was one of the du'as Nabi Ibrahim used to make mentioned in the Quran. He said, Oh my Rabb, make me of those who establish the salah and my offspring. Oh Allah, oh my Rabb, accept my du'a. We should learn this du'a. We should make this du'a. If the greatest of prophets were making this du'a, what about us? Make us of those who establish the salah as well as our offspring. Ya Rabb, accept our dua. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us tawfiq. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who establish the prayer as well as our families. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who aflaha wa naja on the day of al-qiyamah. They are those who are successful and they are those who are saved on the day of qiyamah. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu wa la ilaha illa ta astaghfiruka. وأتوب إليك